Hey everyone, welcome to the world's okayest entrepreneur, the podcast for the okay entrepreneur who doesn't have an MBA and is just kind of figuring out as they go. Today on the podcast, we're actually going to be talking about rules, but not the type of rules that you think. Um, I recently just started doing uh, coach training and they really talked about like the rules that kind of like tell you in your life. And as business owners, we tell ourselves during the holidays that we just have to work super hard because this is the time of year where we make money um, and there's no alternative. Like we just tell ourselves, well, it is what it is. We just have to work hard for everybody else. And I'm curious if that's actually true. Right. So we're going to just dive into that. So because you kind of brought something up earlier, Andrew, when we just kind of hopped on the call where you were like businesses that we sell to in like the B2B space, they expect us to be shipping things. And then our customers obviously expect us to have all of the product, every single thing that they've ever wanted and then shipping it to them. And that pretty much we just have to like do nonstop like 14 hour days to the finish line and then you get to celebrate and that's so brutal we made for ourselves. Nobody nobody else said like this is how to do this. Like that's a rule we told ourselves is what I'm really realizing. And I've played by that rule book for a very long time. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious, like, is that helping us? No. And I think, I mean, I, I was thinking about it this year a little bit more too, as I went into it. It was kind of like as I was having conversations with Hannah about how we're going to do this holiday season, I noticed this thing that... I notice every year, which is we say, it's going to be so crazy. Like we're going to be so busy. It's going to be untenable. And we like set ourselves up in October for this idea that things are going to be wild and crazy. We're going to be so stressed out. And so like, we're almost leading with that versus being like, let's go into it being calm versus always expecting it to be crazy. Because when you, when you write that story for yourself immediately going into it, I feel like you end up, it's going to inevitably be crazy then. Or you're going to be like, where's the crazy? How do I make it crazy? Right. Well, right. I think that it's interesting that you use the word crazy because crazy can like, what does crazy mean to you? Right. Well, crazy just means like we're going to, like you said, we're going to be working those 14 hour nights or we're going to have all these orders coming that we have to fulfill. And like, we're going to have to field different customer service things where people are either disappointed or they need something so fast that and beyond like what we can do, we're going to have to bend over backwards to get some of this stuff out at the end. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know what I mean? Like, what would be a different word for how you would like the holiday season to be? A different word? I guess a different word would be exciting. Like, if I was to say that it's more exciting, because at the same time, I do kind of look forward to this time of year, too. Mm -hmm. But also, I think if we didn't tell ourselves the story that we had to bend over backwards and we had to just kind of, we had to do what we could within a capacity mm -hmm. versus basically trying to always make everybody happy. I think inevitably what ends up happening is I look back in the last several years and like you said, you get to the, that finish line where we've where we've done this marathon over you know the 60 days of holiday and I get to Christmas and I'm just exhausted and that I don't enjoy Christmas in a way. You know what I mean? And so I, I think I, over the last couple of years, have been trying to change that story a little bit for myself so that by the time I get to Christmas, I'm not feeling so washed out mm -hmm. because if that's what this is all about is like being part of this holiday and Christmas is a retail holiday, let's be honest. I don't necessarily want to, I want to enjoy this, the retail holiday in a similar fashion to everybody else. So I feel like going into it the last couple of years, we've set some like hard deadlines with our customers and have basically said, so even for our wholesale customers, last year we said all big wholesale orders need to be put in by like October 15th at the latest. 
And for our other customers, we said our last shipping day is December X, whatever USPS has, has said to like second or second week of December. And that's going to help manage those expectations. But that's still, we still do end up working some of those late nights or, you know, taking advantage of some of those requests that come in. But I think a better story would be to look at it as more exciting versus crazy. Yeah. And stressful. <laughs> yeah. Words mean a lot. So I think it's just like looking at it. If you tell yourself it's going to be crazy, guess what? It's going to be crazy versus like, yeah, there could be like, well, these are exciting moments or whatever. I also do think it is helpful to set expectations with your customers because otherwise, like you said, it could be like you're drinking from a fire hose if you didn't, you know, and then you're like, oh my God. And I am a person that doesn't set very good expectations. Sometimes I think I... I tell myself this weird story. Like I hate setting like email. I just, as everybody knows, email slurs is like most crippling thing that I worked on a lot this weekend. I think I've got a plan that I'm going to put into place, but I never put out of the office stuff because I inevitably just get more emails a little bit because like some people have like auto replies to like, I get into like stupid marketer flows and then like I have like stupid replies to the out of office and then I feel like I have more emails. But what also is true, though, is then people don't realize that um, I'm truly like out of the office and they don't know those expectations at all. So there's like kind of like two truths at the same time. But I wonder if it would be better for people to kind of know that I am unavailable or it was interesting. I actually really dug it. It was another entrepreneur that I saw during the holiday times. She just put on her emails that she was like, it will take me on average at least at least 72 hours to get back to you during this time. It's funny because Han and I did that last year. We had we actually, when we were super busy one week, we actually just put an out of the office saying like, we're busy fulfilling orders and things like that. We won't be getting to your email this week, but we promise it's it's important to us. And like, if there were ones that came through that were important, that were critical to the thing that we were working on at the time, so the customer's project we were working on, we'd get back to them. But for everybody else who's reaching out for those last minute wholesale orders on like the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. They didn't, they weren't going to get a response and they knew why. Yeah. So it's kind of like it answered the question for them. No, I think it's uh, during this time that is really exciting. <laughs> it gives you that permission in that breathing room. And I just thought it was really interesting because I know that entrepreneur, she just kind of had it set for like six weeks or like five weeks or something like that. It wasn't like a weekend. It was just like kind of that whole entire time. And it just gave I can only imagine because I didn't do it, but I can imagine that it gave her like the grace and the permission. I have actually, it's funny that I say this. I have sat out of the office once because that's how I know I also got the email marketer once back and I was, it was really funny once. So, like I was like out of the office. I actually like saw this from somebody else and I thought it was interesting. It was, I'm out of the office. If this is truly important, send me a new email at X time. Otherwise, I'm just going to kind of go through and delete all of these. Uh -huh. And part of me really liked that only because it really put the ownership of like, is this of true importance on the other person? Otherwise, is this just like you flooding my inbox? Right. You know, and I could, you can tell yourself stories of like, well, you might miss something or whatever. Something might not reply. Like, you know, and I think that's up to you to vet it on the flip side. But I think it also releases a lot of expectations that I don't want for myself at the end of the day. Like when you said like, this is totally on me. But when you were like, we'll promise we'll get back to you. I was like, I don't know if I want to make that promise. And you can actually write that into the email. We may not get back to you. 
unless this is really important. <laughs> I mean, I just want to write into the email at all. I would be like, yeah, I always put kind of like things in my snarky, like uh, out of the office saying what shows lives. Like if you are a marketer spamming my email, I am deleting this and take me off your list. So you're just dragging me down here. I know. I wish there was a really good filter for that. There is that. I've actually like 1000% they're not a sponsor of this email, but I'm very curious. There's a thing called Superhuman, which is like an email extension. And I know people in my like D to C Slack community that I'm part of, some of them really love it. And that's like one thing that I'm like a little curious about. Like, so kind of like I have two channels that I can look down right now for like email management for me, which is like hiring an executive assistant that's in person because I've tried virtual mm-hmm. and there's some sort of disconnect for me. Or there's this super Cuban route, which is just kind of like email filters and like AI technology on crack, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think and it might not be that the virtual assistant doesn't work. It's that I've only hired virtual assistants that aren't professional lifelong, like executive assistants, because I just really need somebody like you don't know what you don't know. And 1000 percent, if I knew how to manage my email inbox, I would have done it. Mm-hmm. So I need somebody to come in and be like, this is what we're doing here. Like, this is how we're going to manage this thing. Right. The email system is actually, I feel like it's so broken when I look in the go and there sometimes I'm like, I wish there was a better way to put on a, like a stronger spam filter, this superhuman yeah. thing. But then I tell, my, I tell myself this story that like, well, I'm going to miss that e- that one email that's like this good opportunity gets stuck in spam and then I won't get it. And I was like, but you're missing that anyways by letting your inbox over like be a, be a flood, essentially. Yeah. The amount of hours you spend maintaining your email inbox, like it probably has already like eliminated the cost of possibly that one good opportunity or whatever. Like that's kind of where I'm realizing I was like doing all of these things of I was like, I need more time in my day. And I was like, wow, if I got rid of email, that would probably be like anywhere in the range of five to 10 hours a week. And like, that's so much time. Right. That's like, and actually, if email was working better for you, you probably would be making more money because you you would feel inspired to go in there and be taking care of. Well, stuff. I think it would just I would know that it would be taken care of, and I could go spend those five to ten hours doing actually things that move the like the true needle. And like that's where I feel like an right. executive assistant would be like, these are the three things that you need to do, like that, or like that they can't ghost on or whatever. So right, I feel like anytime I'm in my inbox. And I need to like take care of some emails. I'm like, oh, there's like, there's like 10 emails out of the like 500 that came through that really just need my focus. And it's like, I get to those 10 emails and I was like, oh, well, that wasn't that hard. But then I've left this other, this like waterfall of other emails that just need to get deleted because it's just, but you have to sift through them all. You're like going through, trying to find the emails, you know? Yep. And I just want to like, uh, I just want somebody else to do that one as somebody else to do all that sifting and then all that deleting. Right. Because even if they did delete an, a good opportunity, I wouldn't know. And I would just be out there living blissfully, creating other things that are going to make good opportunities for me. I mean, that's the thing is, is that you're saying like, I have this expectation of a good opportunity is going to be there in my email for me instead of the reverse of saying, I'm actually just off with that time uh-huh. making great outcomes for myself. Correct. Correct. It's kind of like, yeah. That is a good re reframe of that. Yeah. Like there, I think that's like just what's interesting is that you're saying like the reason I have to keep doing this is because there could be instead of the lateral, which is that you're then not making what could be what is your true desired outcome in that. So 
With some of that digital hygiene that you, you're talking about, are there things that you do during this time of year that you really focus on to make sure that you're at your best knowing it's a little busier? Um, I'm not the right, I know I'm the, maybe I'm the perfect person to ask this. I've, I've offboarded so much. Like I actually am, uh, before I left down here for Texas, like my team was kind of having a moment with their account. Like they're like, there's so much to do. And I was like, just time block out your calendars for the week, like on a Friday. So when you come in on Monday, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, yeah, we need to do that. And they might not do that forever. Some of my team likes people on my team, like a little bit more structure and some people like a little bit more like openness, but it really seemed to kind of help move the needle and get people out of their like, oh my God, what am I doing kind of phase? It was like, no, your whole week is full of intention at that moment. And so because I've strategically have hired enough people, I'm actually working ahead because the thing that I actually found out that I realized was that I haven't taken enough days. I was telling myself this story of like, I kind of still need to go into the office and like be part of all of these meetings and it's important. And what, what happened in myself telling that myself that story is that I stopped getting ahead of my business, which was like the one big thing from last year that my team told me that they needed from me was me getting ahead. Yeah. So I'm actually taking, uh, I believe I have five days, six days over the next 40 days that are all completely me out of the office just me kind of thinking and like planning ahead, uh-huh. which I was super nervous, like scheduling them in full transparency, like not nervous, but I was like, oh my God, oh, I'm going to be missing this for like one meeting and everything. And then I was like, what's more important than the day? Me getting ahead for my company or being in that sales and marketing meeting that one day? Like they have the tools, they'll figure it out. But I need to get ahead for my company. That's like the one thing that they cannot do is like they need me to say like this is what we're doing yeah i mean because we that's the thing is we get to the end of this holiday season and then we we hit it like we it's been it's been busy 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 and then we hit january and then it kind of like it then changes like the business changes overnight or like within a week it's no longer that crazy thing right and if you haven't planned ahead then you're in like a bad spot i mean i might still be in a bad spot because i didn't get ahead because Chinese New Year's always in February and nobody's shipping nothing that time. And I mean, that's a long Chinese, Chinese New Year, man, that gets you. And so like I might be have been doing product development because maybe I wanted to launch something in March. I might not be able to do that now unless I truly like get myself ahead pretty quickly here. So, yeah, it's funny. I've had some seasonal help. Um, the last few weeks and I've taken advantage of it. And one of the best pieces of advice I got from one of the wise old people who are helping me work is he said one of the best lessons he've, he's learned in life because I was watching him work and I was like, you, you always seem to know what's next. This is great. The people who are helping me right now are over the ages of 60 and they're really good workers. They're like a solid yeah. group of people. And he goes, well, one of the best advice pieces of advice I got was when I was learning to fly an airplane is the pilot said, you don't fly the plane from in the cockpit. You you always fly ahead of the plane. It's like, so imagine yourself is always ahead of the plane. And I was like, I've been applying that same principle to so many other things. And it's essentially what you're saying is you're trying to fly ahead of the plane, not be in the cockpit. No, I mean, I think it's the same analogy of like working on your business and not in your business. I think it's also like very much like visioning. Like, I think that's really what's powerful is to vision on December 1st, you know, where you feel like it would be quote unquote crazy 
is to like take time out of your business and then actually just like vision like what do you want it to look like next year like what would you really want it to look like next year like while you're in the thick of it right now and you're like I don't like this feeling like what do you want it to look like next year and then like what would be those steps that you would need to put in place so that it is not like that and then I think that's just the biggest part of the biggest hurdle of all of it is like you committing to it like that's just the biggest hurdle of everything in life is your commitment to it like we're just right fucking humans are hardwired to want to take like the easy all the time so yeah Mm -hmm. it's interesting i had a conversation with your team yesterday after doing this event with them Uh, last weekend um we got done with the show and i said so should we talk about how it went and what things we could we that what things we could have all done better to make it better versus you know like just thinking that the like it's it's only on the customers and that it was really interesting to hear the stuff that everybody kind of came up with as like things that we could be all be doing differently next time at a different show to maybe find like layer metrics instead of just sales, other things we could do to basically create cyclical, yeah. like cyclical value. And I think that that's always good for, that's always good in general is to look at something as after it, either right after it's happened or while you're in the middle of it and be like, what next time could I do better to make this a better situation and make this, and I think that was, that was kind of an interesting thing to do. And it's something I always try to remind myself to do after or during something is to actually be reflecting on how it's going. Yeah, we actually started doing that a while ago. It was um, based off of like a Founders Journal podcast episode, which was like the decision journal. But it, it wasn't, the, we were doing it, but we weren't using the data. We weren't going back and looking at it. So we had to kind of redo a system for us. And so now we actually just have a Slack channel that's called the Postmortem. And then we kind of put it in there. But what's actually kind of fun and interesting about the postmortem is then while the information lives, like previously we did a Google form and employees would put it in there and then, you know, it kind of be lived in a spreadsheet out in the ether of Google Drive. But was the issue was like people weren't going and looking back at it. But since we're in Slack habitually, like all of the time, uh-huh. we will go look at the postmortems. And that's super interesting. And it's really interesting to see like what other people, especially like people working within their departments, they're seeing things very differently sometimes than like I would see stuff, you know, and not in like a bad uh-huh. way, but painting a fuller picture of like, this is how everybody collaboratively will make this a better experience. I think that's what's interesting. For sure. But yeah, 10 out of 10, you should always be doing a postmortem or else like, like what, like. Right. Or else like, what's the point? You're just going to keep repeating history. Like you're just going to keep repeating history. You're going to keep telling yourself the story of like, um, of all external factors or like, you know, customers just have expectations on me. It's just the economy, you know. Right. Which really is just like a place of like powerlessness and like that there's no way to move a business if you're just telling yourself all the time like it's everybody else and it's not me because that's 1000 percent not true right because at the same time it's just the landscape has maybe changed and there's things like small tweaks that you need to make to your business to make to evolve into that new landscape in a way you know and i think that's where i always where it's like it's good to do a postmortem, not just basically explain away why something went a certain way and also if something went really well figure out why it went really well so that you can maybe repeat that, repeat that same, no, cause, that same tactic. I mean, because here's the deal with the postmortem and everything is, is truly is that could we be in a recession? Possibly. But you know what? The business owner that doesn't accept that as the only reason why the business owner that is like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I might figure out this marketing strategy or this new product or whatever. They're the person that's going to win at the end of the day because they didn't think like, well, 
just is what it is. I could not have done anything about it. The person that chooses, no matter what is the scenario, to do something about it and actually set the new phase forward, they're going to win at the end of the day. It's the person's call, but I will tell you right now, if you said, it's just the economy and there's nothing I can do about it, you will lose because you've already said yeah, that. Oh, like sure. That statement says, I'm losing and I'm, I don't care. Like I just, I'm giving up. That is the I give up statement and you'll lose. That's a choice. For sure. For sure. I mean, because I feel like I started this, this business in a terrible economy, but I still managed to make it work. You know what I mean? Like people don't stop spending money even when, even during a recession. No, I mean, you just might have to, you might just have to change. You might have to go find different people. Like you're going to have to do different stuff and that's on right. you to figure it out. Um, no one else. That's you. Like That's just you. Yes. So yeah, but I think it is like important. Like if anything during this time of year that is filled with so many opportunities, both in your business and with your family and with your friends and everything is like, I think it's just important to really think about like, what are the things? I think it's interesting. It was um, going back to, uh, I think it was Josie's podcast, which she was like, whenever you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And during this busy holiday time, what is, what are the things that you want to say yes to? Right. And understand that you might be saying no to some things, but what are the things that are kind of filling you up at the end of the day? Like at the end of the holiday season, if I'm being honest, I would have been more proud if I took that day off to make cookies with my kids than to make a fun, you know, like fill a bajillion boxes or whatever. Like, cause I know, I know I won't get that one day back with my kids at this, at this age, at this time, or like that experience with friends. Like, it's just never going to happen quite the same, but I 1000% roughly do know what like a day of like filling orders looks like. Cause I do it all the time. You know, I, I personally actually don't do it all the time, but, <laughs> but you have in the past. Oh, 1000%, you know, and I know what it, it came at a cost. That I can't get back. Yeah. I mean, I know you have shared a story, like a Thanksgiving short story with me once, and I was like, it came at a cost. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm not sure which story you're talking about, but I feel like many Thanksgivings, I feel like I get there, I stay there, and then I'm like, I have to dip out because tomorrow's Black Friday and I have to be ready to pack boxes or maybe I'll just come for an hour. But it's like, you, you, you miss, like, that's, that's like family time. Like, those are things that I think. I look back in the past and be like, I've given up so, or because I've told myself a story, I've given up so much around the holidays in terms of just not being there and being present for my family that I'm like, in the last year, last year and this year, I've been like, I want to change that because there, there is a limit. We don't have to be superhuman, you know? No, I mean, nobody's superhuman, but at the end of the day, I think you're going to remember that time with your family more than the days that you spent packing boxes right even if your whole family's arguing with each other you're gonna remember it. it's gonna be funny <laughs> i know it's like you want to spend time with your family and then your family's super dysfunctional and then you're like oh god okay but it was interesting like through this like past weekend i was like helping coach someone else and then uh like she was very much had a very similar family structure to me and then she kind of got to it it was weird it was like literally like a brains were linked together because I just started thinking I was like oh like what if you could like what are activities that have always actually connected you with these people you know and literally she just started saying the things she was like oh maybe it's not like 
being like, maybe it's us, us doing something. And then I was like, literally kind of thinking to myself, I was like with my family members that, you know, sometimes I feel like, Ooh, we are like oil and vinegar sometimes. So I was like, but there's shit that we love to do together. And you can bring that with you to those like family experiences. It's like, you just tell yourself like, oh my God, my family like drains my energy. But I'm like, what are the things that you do with your family that actually give you energy? And maybe that's like what you do, you know? Like right. if everybody's just like sitting right. on a fucking couch arguing, like maybe we're not sitting on a couch. Maybe we're playing a game or something like that. Like for my family, dominoes. Wow. What the great unifier of everybody. Everybody's like dominoes. We love each other. Totally. No, it's really funny. I love how families are. It's like that. It's like all those sibling rivalries come back even as adults sometimes only at times. It can just be like a moment or like a, a bone in time. But then there's all this other stuff that's like when you're there, you know, you love doing. And yeah, I just love that. And I feel like every you have to kind of go into it not being like everything is going to be the same as it was last year, but like trying to, I think that this is this thing, you have to build new memories, like even in your business right. with your family and things like that. I think we so often get stuck in this like cyclical, like things are going to be the way they were last year, the way they were, and like the way they were in the past. And I think not enough people, again, fly ahead of the airplane or think that it's going to be like, it can be different. Like we can make, we can literally make this different. I think it's interesting because it's really like the growth or the fixed mindset. It's like... It's and it has to do like the same story of like the economy. Like, are you looking at like at your family like they can grow or change, or you're saying like they're always set in their ways? Because I know I've grown and changed before. So if I'm saying like right. my family can't grow and try change is not true. It might be hard, you know, or they like, but I, you know, I believe that everybody can for sure. So yeah, and we all do, and we all do. So yeah. With that, I think it's just really important to take some time for yourself, listener, during this holiday season and think about like what rules are you kind of telling yourself? Like, are you just telling yourself that this is how it is and it, everything sucks and I just am going to have to work all the time because that's just a rule you created for yourself and it might not necessarily be true. So uh -huh. if that rule sucks for you... Think about a new rule that you actually would want for yourself and really start thinking about like what would need to be true to make that happen. Because I think some really awesomeness could happen from it. And even if it's baby steps, I thought this was interesting. The one last thing I'll share that was I thought was interesting because we make smart goals all the time in my company and I had never heard of AIM smart. And so AIM is helping you set like kind of your threshold. So AIM is like acceptable. So that's like the bare minimum. I is the ideal. Mm -hmm. So that's like the maximum. And then M is the middle. So kind of think of like you were to rewrite this new goal, like at the bare minimum, maybe you would, you know, end every day at, you know, like five o'clock or whatever, you know, uh -huh. like at the bare minimum, you're like, I'm still going to work nonstop, but I'm going to end the days at five, you know, and the ideal is, I don't know, or maybe the minimum would be that I am not going to work on the weekends, Yep, you know? And the ideal is, is that I'm honestly, I'm only working like eight to four. And somehow maybe you're just like, I'm time blocking. I'm super focused, you know? And maybe the middle is, is that you're like, I know I'm not going to work on the weekends and two or three out of the five days, I'm going to end at five. But I know like there's going to be two other days where I've got to kind of like push it a little bit harder during that time, you know? And I think it helps you right. kind of vision out a little bit more of like what it looks like. And I think that's really powerful for you to kind of think about like what it is. And you might be more fluid, like some weeks, maybe you do have like, you're just at your A and then maybe one week you're at your I, you know, but you kind of understand like what exactly is your parameters then. So yeah. 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 It was helpful. I like that. It was helpful for me. So yeah. Yeah. 
And with that, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to The World's Okayest Entrepreneur. I hope you found today's episode helpful. Please go like us on Instagram if you like funny things. I'll be putting out so many memes this holiday season. I'm just going to meme meme it up. <laughs> and yeah, and please send us an email at hello at the OKS pod. And also thank you to, there's been several people that have reached out recently and just kind of said through social or through emails, like how much this podcast means to them. And that just truly means so much to us. I just don't think you understand how much it means to us. It's something that just kind of happened as this like weird side project. Uh, that's been really kind of like one of the things that I will look back on for 2023 and be like, this was one of the more fulfilling things that I did in 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. I love getting the feedback from people. Yeah. And uh, I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving this week because uh, when this re- when this airs, it will oh, be Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Thursday. Okay, I gotta get my like catering order in because I don't. I love cooking. <laughs> I don't cook for Thanksgiving. Like cooking for like that many people. Nope, zero joy. The joy is gone, and I want to enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. So thanks for that, Andrew, reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy everybody. Thanksgiving. Have an okay Have Thanksgiving. Have an okay Thanksgiving. And maybe bring out the dominoes yes. with your family. If you're like dreading it, bring out the dominoes. You could be surprised. Or whatever it is that your game board is of choice. I Probably not monopoly. Absolutely. That's going to take too long. But yeah, it's very entrepreneurial. <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. Bye.